For Arts Professional, this is a partner pod from Baker Richards. I'm Robin Cantrell-Fenwick. How Eurovision has brought me out in a cold sweat. Before we dive in, I'm going to need to confess two obsessions up front. The first, the Eurovision Song Contest, and the second, Leonard Bernstein's operetta Candide, based on Voltaire's novel of the same name. Well, all will come clear, I hope. Candide brought to both page and stage the character of Dr Pangloss and his Panglossian worldview of pure optimism. All is for the best in the best of all possible worlds, trill the good folk of Westphalia, as Pangloss puts a positive spin on the existence of everything from snakes to war. It is an earworm, I warn you. Using the Panglossian world as a jumping-off point, it seems that ticketing continues to make headlines for doing all that it can to thoroughly hose down even the most optimistic among us. Nowhere is this more true than in high-demand, hot-ticket, often live music events. Take Eurovision, for example. This year, tickets to the Ukraine-UK final were sold by Ticketmaster UK. Being lucky enough to get to the front of the online queue quite quickly, I experienced the sort of high-pressure panic that is now all too familiar to fans of top-name performers and shows. The £100 to £150 tickets which I had selected were not available, but instead I could buy tickets for £290 each. I had precisely 90 seconds to decide whether to accept the tickets before losing them, risking missing out altogether. Just 90 seconds to evaluate if my budget of around £200 for two tickets might stretch to £580. With no time to consult my fellow fan on whether they'd be willing to stump up their half. I'd visions of the phone-a-friend moment from Who Wants to Be a Millionaire with me screaming, Have you got £290? Is Eurovision worth £290 to you? Can I click yes on these tickets? Just, Just tell me what you're thinking. Hello? Can I ask the audience? I took a gamble. If I had only 90 seconds to decide, the same must be true of other ticket purchasers. If I released the seats and kept clicking refresh, there was a chance that cheaper seats would be released. All the Ticketmaster site told me was, we couldn't find your first choice, but we find you our next best tickets. So I released the seats. Clicked refresh. Nothing. Sweat a bit. Refresh. Nothing. Sweat a bit more. Refresh. Cry, Bucks Fizz and Mon Zelmelo Preservers, what have I done? Refresh. Result. So I'm happy to say I am going to Eurovision at a price that I'm comfortable with, but a different outcome was a real possibility. Having just 90 seconds to decide forces the buyer under pressure to rapidly evaluate how much they want to see a show. It is an open invitation, if not a sharp shove, to make an irrational choice. The European Union recognises this widespread practice and has introduced the Digital Services Act and the Digital Markets Act, which, among other things, aim to crack down on dark patterns and digital pressure selling. We ticket buyers rely on regulators to protect our interests. This is a global issue, but unfortunately, UK citizens won't be protected by the DSA or the DMA. Candide, like the Eurovision Song Contest, I may be stretching this just a bit, in his story journeys across the countries of Europe. On his way, he encounters a thoroughly bitter character who inverts Pangloss's theme, intoning that there's nothing to trust in this worst of all possible worlds, all ends in dust in this worst of all possible worlds. 
Well, ticketing isn't quite yet the worst of all possible worlds, but it is unsettling to see some parts of the industry needlessly tilt the playing field away from practices that better serve us as buyers. For example, how should a high-demand sale like Eurovision be handled? Well, in the conversations I've had with ticketing professionals, there is a growing view that ticket lotteries are fairer than queues, giving the prospective purchaser a randomly allocated chance to buy. But it doesn't have to be a binary choice. Contrast Eurovision in 2023 with Eurovision 2020, when the Dutch ticketing company PayLogic were the vendors for the Rotterdam contest. Then, as now, prospective buyers joined a queue and had limited time to confirm their purchase. It was around about five minutes, if I remember rightly. The big difference was that tickets were released in three waves. With three opportunities to join the queue, there were three opportunities to be at the front of that queue when your position was allocated. This approach, queuing, with an element of chance as to where you'll find yourself in the queue, hit the sweet spot for me. On that occasion, I rode the second wave of tickets to victory, though Covid, of course, forced the closure of that year's contest. Back to Condide, who finds himself in El Dorado, a land of unbelievable wealth where even the gravel on the ground is made of pure gold and precious gems. Whether by queue or by lottery, in a high-demand sale, despite the narrow margins, someone, somewhere, is making a lot of money. When a concert or show sells out, the financial result is largely predetermined, with the total yield landing close to the gross potential. The uptake of concessions is the only variable. In a time-pressured environment, the queues and countdowns approach means that revenue may be drawn inequitably from pockets of varying depth. That is to say, some people will panic and pay more than they can comfortably afford when they didn't have to. There is no need for this, and we can do better. In the coming years, the UK and the EU will dance a dance called adequacy, with each side assessing whether their data protection and digital regulations are on a par with the others. Are they adequate? Ticket buyers can only hope that as the UK seeks to force the EU's hand on things like online harms, In turn, the EU pushes Westminster into some form of equivalence with the DMA and the DSA. Why the mentions then throughout this of my other passion, Condide? Well, I'm pleased to say there are no pressure sales shenanigans in sight from the Welsh National Opera, who are undertaking a rare tour of Condide around Wales and England this summer. If you book now, and I heartily recommend you do, I'm optimistic that you will have much longer than 90 seconds to choose your seats for a stunning show. (laughs) 